Why is Israel such an important part of God's plan for the end times and for our world today? Find out on today's episode of A View from the Wall. Join I Am A Watchman Ministries Managing Editor Joe Kerr with co-host Dylan Burroughs, bringing you a fascinating discussion regarding the importance of Bible prophecy and Christian living today as it relates to our responsibility as believers to be watchmen. This is A View From The Wall. Welcome to A View From The Wall. I'm Dylan Burroughs along with co-host Joseph Kerr, and we have an important program for you today. As we consider the turbulent times facing our nation, the land of Israel remains at the forefront. Whether it's the recent Abraham Accords peace agreements brokered by Donald Trump or conflict in the Middle East with Iran against Israel and America, many Christians see Israel as a vital part of God's fulfillment in the end times. Well, our guest today offers a unique perspective on these and other issues related to Israel. Michael Lay is the Director of Operations for Behold Israel Ministries that is led by Amir Sarfati. Before taking this position, Mike was a pastor for 17 years in Minnesota and serves as a chaplain in the U.S. Air Force Reserve. Mike lived and worked in Israel for eight years and has led numerous ministry teams in the nation, and he is also proficient in Hebrew and has extensive experience with Jewish and Israeli culture. We're excited to have him with us here today. Mike, shalom, and welcome to A View from the Wall. Shalom, Dylan. Shalom, Joe. It is an honor to be here with you. Well, I've mentioned some of your background, but I'm sure there's so much more that we could talk about with our listeners today. Take a moment as we begin to introduce us to your background and your work with Behold Israel today. Yeah, so like you said, I lived there for eight years. I had a lot of great contacts that I developed for doing those Jesus film projects. Little did I know that my own brother-in-law would come to faith through the Jesus film, which was on the front page of a newspaper, And I was one of them that said to the organization that did that, I said, is this really worth the money to do that on a front page? And uh, God kind of slapped me in the face and said, not only was it worth uh, the money, but it was worth your whole career working with your brother-in-law that came to faith through that. So that was a huge piece for me um, in my past. And, you know, since working with Behold Israel since 2018, uh, coming from the full-time pastoring, It was a struggle, Dylan, to make that transition because I loved pastoring so much. Um, And and leading a ministry is just a little bit different. Um, But I finally, obviously, just made that uh, uh, shaking of hands to the new calling. And here I am working here now already almost two years. Mike, it's so good to hear your voice. I've been on one of the tours in Israel, and so many of our listeners have as well. But for those who would like to know a little bit more about that, how are things going over there? Because the the quarantine is on again, off again. Are, are you all doing tours? What's, what's happening with that right now? The country is presently shut down. Uh, it is not open for tourists. And there is a mandatory quarantine in place. Uh, they take it strict over there, and they mean business. In fact, if you go beyond a certain perimeter, it's several thousand dollars of a fine. So we had to cancel tours for 2020, and we have canceled at least into the spring of this year. Uh, we are hopeful that we will be able to resume tours this year, 2021, and uh, move forward. But if it's of any comfort, we still have all of our tours still up on our website and on our app. And uh, anybody that signs up and we uh, have to cancel, 
we do give 100% refunds and that process, unfortunately, I have to say, we've gotten good at that process uh, as of this last year. Well, I'm glad you mentioned the website and the app at beholdisrael.org. You guys have so many good resources about Israel and the end times. We encourage our listeners to check that out. But as we talk about Israel, people realize as they read the Bible that Israel is the epicenter of end times teaching. But many people don't understand the reasons why. I want us to talk about that for a moment. What is it about the nation that makes it unique regarding the end time teachings of the Bible? Well, in Genesis chapter 17, we have that Abrahamic covenant, and it says right there that this would be an everlasting covenant, and he specifically mentions the land. In Hebrew, mechuzat olam, which means an eternal possession forever, eternity. And if that's true, Dylan, then Israel is the epicenter of at least the land portion. Now we get to Isaiah and all of the shenanigans that the, the people of Israel have committed. They were, they were facing exile. And it, isn't it interesting that the name Isaiah in Hebrew means Yahweh saves? Ishayahu is what it, what it is. And the theme of the book is, ironically, God's love to maintain and expand on that Abrahamic covenant despite their shenanigans. It, it, bottom line for us here is, Either God means what he says and carries it on, or he doesn't. And if that's not enough, Dylan, Ezekiel 36 through 39, it talks about the resuscitation of the nation of Israel post-exile and how it would come after a dry bones vision. Now, we believe the dry bones were actually literal and, and not only figurative and metaphoric of their spiritual condition, but also of their physical condition of the Holocaust, which brought about the people in their land, literally, Dylan, uh, in the 40s. And it's really started in the early 1900s, let's be honest. And if that's not enough, my friend, look at chapter 38 and 39, which predicts a coalition of forces led by Russia, participating Iran and Turkey. Then you've got Libya, and you've got some other countries mentioned there, like Sudan, and then onlookers, Shiva and Dedan, which are the Arab Gulf states, condemning an invasion that is prophesied. Ironically, that coalition is built right now in Syria, and they want natural gas and other resources of Israel. And one last thing, Dylan, I know I'm layer, layering it on here, but Romans 9 through 11 should be the thing that all believers should read. Then you're going to see where God's true heart is for the nation of Israel, and that that, that that covenant is still very valid today. Well, these are such good words. We do have to take a quick break, but we'll be right back. Stick with us for more on A View from the Wall. From I Am a Watchman Ministries, here's today's I Am a Watchman Minute. In John 18, we read that a large group of Roman soldiers were sent to arrest Jesus. When they asked for Jesus of Nazareth, Jesus replied, I am he. And as he spoke, a wave of energy caused the Roman soldiers to fall to the ground. They were lucky Jesus stopped when he said, I am. He could have said, I am, you were. And if he did, there would have been no more. Amazingly, the soldiers got up and pressed on to complete their evil deed. And from this we see that the enemy does not give up and does not grow weary. So watchmen must remain vigilant, prayerful, and connected to strong believers. The battle's on. 
If you want help in the battle, visit imawatchman.com for resources and support. Be bold. Be faithful. Be a watchman. imawatchman.com Welcome back to A View from the Wall. As Joe and I continue our discussion with Behold Israel's Michael Lay, we turn our attention to what it means to be a watchman for the Lord. The concept of a watchman is an important part of the Jewish prophecies in the Old Testament and something we want to talk about here today. As he mentioned in our last segment, we have these prophecies in Ezekiel of the return of the Jews to the land of Israel. And we believe in many ways that was fulfilled in 1948 when Israel became a nation again after 1900 years of not being a nation, not having a land, not having a government. And today we're living in a time where many of these prophecies are coming true and could become true in the near future as we talk about Ezekiel 38 and the nations that will come against Israel in the last days. But Mike, as we explain the importance of the watchman concept in Jewish culture, talk about what that means for believers today and living out their faith in these last days. Well, I love how the prophets use the metaphor pertaining to the leaders of the nation of Israel, that they should be watchmen for the souls and the spiritual welfare of their people. And as, as many of us already know, in the ancient Near East, you'd have a watchman, a sentry posted right up there. So they could watch what invading armies may intend to do to take down the city. Most cities had walls around them, and watchmen were responsible to sound the alarm that mobilized the military to defend that city from an infectious and destructive people group that wanted to take them over. In a very similar fashion, leaders of Christian communities are called to look out as pastors and shepherds. And if they don't, they are going to let in all sorts of evil that will corrupt and infect their own churches. And this, this was true of ancient Israel as well. In fact, Ezekiel condemns the, quote, shepherds or watchmen of the day in not doing their job. It's a beautiful metaphor. So let's take that metaphor a little further, Mike, because we have many of our listeners who refer to themselves as watchmen and women and many who follow Behold Israel Ministries when they're on one of the recordings we'll see in the comments on the side. I'm a watchman from Virginia. I'm a watchman from um, South America, wherever. Um, what does being a watchman mean? They're not walking literal walls or, you know, watchmen in the neighborhood like we were talking about in the military sense. What is the role of a modern day watchman? Is that a, a unique calling or gifting or, I mean, does God accept volunteers? How does that work? <laughs> yeah, well, I, I love the metaphor and I love it when people say a watchman from San Diego or Chicago or whatever. A watchman is someone who is understanding of the Bible prophecies to at least a reasonable level and able to connect them to the times that we live in today. Reading what's going on in the Middle East, reading the rise of globalism, reading what politicians and some of our secular leaders are trying to accomplish. A watchman, Joe, is someone who is sober, somebody who does their homework, somebody who is well-connected, somebody who is able to talk to others about the times and expand an understanding of how to ready the church for what is inevitable in prophecy to come. 
Well, that's such a good way to put it. And as we talk about this watchman role for today, there are certain areas where people tend to focus. Talk about that for a moment. What are some of those top themes that a watchman should be looking at today as we consider our role as Christians? Most watchmen I know do a really good job of understanding Bible prophecy, which quite frankly can be somewhat frightening for, for a believer. Sure. Uh, it's a vast thing, and there's a lot of prophecy in the Bible. How do you understand and interpret uh, some of these minor prophets? But a watchman really does their homework in understanding Bible prophecy. The second area is they really watch the news, and they are really connected with other believers that are getting good, solid information. Uh, That's a lot more tricky, because a lot of this stuff out there is conspiracy-related, or it just comes from a bad source. But a watchman really understands the time. Uh, the third thing that comes to my mind is that a watchman really understands where this world is going and knows how. They know how to have conversations with Christian leaders in getting them to also be watchmen. I think we're all called to it, honestly. I don't think this is something you can say, eh, you know, behold, Israel does that, and I'll just do this. No, 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 no. We all must be very sober-minded. In fact, can I read a passage real quick? This, sure, my friend, please do. Yeah, from First Thessalonians chapter five, verse six through eight. Therefore, let us not sleep. And he's talking to all believers, as others do. But let us watch and be sober. For those who sleep sleep at night, and those who get drunk drunk at night. But let us who are of the day be sober. This is really the capsulization of a really good watchman. Understanding the Bible, understanding the times, and knowing how to communicate that to key people. Well, that is so good. And it's that idea of being alert that the New Testament talks about again and again. And I liken it in many ways to how people talk about sports in our day and age. It's such an important aspect of our culture. People want to know all the statistics, all the matchups, all the possibilities, all the options. But what if we had that same passion when it came to what God is doing in our last days, that we were looking at the prophecies of Scripture, that we were looking at the news of our time and the potential ways it could fit. And that's what a watchman or a watchwoman is called to do. But I want to caution people. One thing that Mike said that's so important is to be cautious in evaluating the ways that we connect the news and the scriptures. There are so many bad sources, so much false information, and then just some areas where it's a maybe and not a definite. And I'll give you one quick example. We've talked a little bit today about the Abraham Accords, which is a agreement that uh, some nations are beginning to sign with Israel to normalize relations that has been significant in our current events. Some people are looking at that and saying, how does that fit with the end times? Well, there are some possibilities. For example, Ezekiel 38 talks about Israel will be at a time of peace where it's like an unwalled village. And maybe this coordinates in some way with being a time of peace that will set the stage for what happens in Ezekiel 38. But we don't know for sure. So there are possibilities. And then there are the promises of God that Mike has talked about today that we look forward to then we can count on as being for certain as we look at what's going on when it comes to Israel in the last days. We're going to take a break for just a moment, but when we come back, we'll talk more about the importance of Israel and being a watchman right after this. The Bible predicts the rapture of the church is coming. Are you ready? 
Soon many will be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. Only they will escape the dark days that are coming, a time of tribulation that will usher in the Antichrist and great destruction upon the entire earth. There's only one escape, one way, one light, one truth. His name is Jesus. He came and died so that we may live forever with him. But to receive this new life, there are three things we must do. The ABCs of salvation. A, admit you're a sinner and that you need a savior. Ask for forgiveness and receive his grace. B, believe that Jesus is the son of God, that he came, lived, died, rose again, and will come again. Believe that he is Lord and God. C, commit to walk his path, the path he wants you to walk, and walk it out by faith. Then you'll be ready for the return of the Lord. To learn more about the rapture and how to know for sure, visit amiraptureready.org. Welcome back to A View from the Wall. We've appreciated Mike Golay from Behold Israel Ministries being with us today. In our final segment today, we want to discuss this concept of Christian persecution and what it means for our lives. It's not a fun topic to talk about, but Christian persecution is happening now in many countries and even sometimes in our own nation. It's not the same level of seriousness, perhaps, as in a land where you can die for your faith, but the landscape is quickly changing. For example, we have social media companies that have banned some ministries. We see lawsuits that have taken place, but it's not quite the same as people literally giving up their lives for the gospel. We want to talk about that, and Mike, I want to challenge you to talk about the persecution the Bible mentions in the last days, and what are some of the things we could expect in the days ahead as we talk about Bible prophecy? Well, to, to answer your question, let me quote a passage of Scripture. This is from 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5. He says, but know this, in the last days, perilous times will come. And then he, he gives a description of what it's going to look like. For men will be, and see if this doesn't fit uh, really where we're going. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, and having a form of godliness but denying its power, and from such people turn away. And of course that message is, don't let these people into your church. As a watchman, you don't want the world to form and shape the church lest the church becomes diluted and loses its salt. And here we find the persecution on the rise is the world wants to change us. And if we do not comply to their narrative, we get placed in the doghouse. We get banned from social media. Now, of course, Dylan, I've been in countries like Afghanistan where certain friends of mine have died for their faith. In fact, we, we know somebody that was two weeks before I arrived, he would, was mowed down by two guys on a scooter right there in broad daylight in Kabul. Mm. Now, we're not there. But the Bible does speak about troubling times coming where it'll escalate to the point in the book of Revelation where tribulation saints, the saints that are in the tribulation, not the church, we believe the, the church is raptured before that, but people come to faith in the tribulation and they will be hunted down, Dylan. It's a horrible, horrible thought. It'll be the worst troublesome time that the world has ever known, the Bible says. 
And so we know very little of that level, but that's where we're moving. And that passage I just read demonstrates the culture and the mindset. And that is what we're seeing happen all over the world, not just in the United States. In fact, it's worse in other parts of the world. We'll clarify that for people real quickly, if you would. There are some people listening who don't know these terms of pre-trib and tribulation and all that. What is the timeline of how these things unfold? Well, in our view at Behold Israel, we believe that the rapture is imminent. It can happen at any time, but it is connected to the end times. And so once the rapture happens, you can pretty much expect the shakedown of events to occur. Rapture, I'm not really sure where the Ezekiel War will happen, maybe around that time of rapture, that's our personal view. But then you have the rise of Antichrist, who signs a peace deal with Israel. Amazingly, miraculous, there will be a temporary peace in Israel. The Bible also predicts that there will be a lawlessness. People just do what they want in their own eyes, and everybody will tolerate it. And we're actually moving in that direction right now. It says, it says in Second Thessalonians 2 that the spirit of lawlessness was already at work in the first century. Right. You can only expect it to get worse. So in the tribulation, after the church is removed, you can only imagine, Dylan, churches are involved in every strata of life. Believers are in politics. They're in education. They're in finance. They're in the military. Believers are everywhere making an impact. And that's what Second Thessalonians 2 says is the restraining force. The Spirit of God using believers to shape policies and procedures and laws. You can only imagine if you take the believers out of the equation, no more restraint whatsoever to the evil agenda of what that passage I just read will now become the, the, the culture of the land. And that's what we call the tribulation period. So Antichrist signs a peace deal with Israel, which starts the clock ticking for seven years. There is the whole lawlessness in the land. And then after seven years, the, the second coming of Jesus occurs right before we go into what's called the millennium, which is a thousand-year reign of Jesus on the throne. That's pretty much a kind of a thumbnail sketch of what we believe here in Behold Israel. And that gives our watchmen and women a good foundation to go on, some things that they need to understand, some scripture passages that they need to be very familiar with. So thank you for sharing that, Mike. We like to wrap each broadcast by giving our guests an opportunity to speak directly to that watchman community, those who watch, warn, witness, and seek to finish well in these last days. Mike, talk directly to our watchmen. Yeah. Uh, for all of you watchmen out there, I would plead with you several things. One, you probably know a lot, and maybe you even know more than your pastor. You may be more passionate about the prophecies, the times, but how you communicate truth really does matter. As a pastor for 17 years, I had a lot of people come to me and say, Pastor, you need to preach on this topic. And it's almost like they're dictating to me what I should preach and what I shouldn't preach. Those were the hardest ones, to be honest with you, Joe. The, the easiest ones were the ones that would uh, call me, they'd book a coffee with me, and they would pay, and they would sit down and say, you know, have you thought about these topics? Uh, there's reason for concern here. I'm just asking you to pray. I'm asking you to consider this. Would you be willing to do a series on prophecy? Uh, a lot of watchmen that call themselves watchmen are running around seeking whom they may devour in the pastoral world. That's a horrible thing. That's not the, the sign of a true watchman. Watchmen are humble. And there are people that respect leaders and know how to communicate the need to speak about prophecy. Um, Joe, can I continue with a few other points here that are really important to me? Um, for those of you listening, 
avoid loneliness and avoid being alone. Don't let that happen. Stay connected with people. Um, one of the classic blunders of a watchman is to be addicted to YouTube videos and then enter into conspiracy theories and lose your mind. Don't do it. Don't do it. Stay connected to people. Do your homework. Fact check things. Fact check things. Don't just be a sheep. A watchman fact checks things. A blind sheep will believe anything. Don't be a blind sheep. And never forget the lost. Don't, because of your passion. I knew a guy that literally forgot his family and his, his wife divorced him because he became so enamored with Bible prophecy in the times, And he forgot his relationship with his wife and his family and all of his friends. And he forgot his mission to make disciples. It was very, very sad. And he lost his mind. So uh, those are some of the things that I would plead with the listener here. Watchmen do those things. And they do not neglect that which the Bible has already instructed us to. Being humble making sure that you stay connected, doing your fact-checking. Don't forget the lost. In fact, put them on the top of the list to disciple people and to apply biblical principles and how we relate. Well, that's a great list of advice. And it reminds me of the end of 1 Thessalonians 4, where the Apostle Paul talks about the rapture in the end times, and he tells believers to encourage one another with these words. Prophecy can be scary, but for those who are believers, we have eternity with the Lord to look forward to. We don't have to fear. We can look at the things going on in our world, interpret them in light of Bible prophecy, but we can encourage one another with the truth. And Mike, we want to thank you again for being with us. For more about your work or to get more information about Behold Israel, where should people go? Yeah, go to beholdisrael.org. That's our main website. It's a great resource. That's the one-stop shop to get all the information you need. Also, check out our app on the Google and the uh, Apple Store. That's a great app. Now, we still are on Facebook and YouTube. You just type in Behold Israel and you'll see us there. It is an honor to have been here with you, Dylan and Joe. And I, I just really want to say thank you on behalf of Behold Israel for hosting us. Well, we appreciate you as well. And that's BeholdIsrael.org. We want to thank you for joining us for this special episode. Check out all of our episodes and resources at IamAWatchman.com. And join us next time here on A View from the Wall. A View from the Wall, in association with I Am a Watchman Ministries, exists to equip a worldwide audience with biblical truth, sharing it with others, and being prepared for Christ's imminent return. The team seeks to encourage, inspire, and equip watchmen for such a time as this. For information about the ministry and upcoming events, visit IamAWatchman.com. A View from the Wall is made possible by the team of dedicated pastors, editors, and the many contributors of I Am A Watchman Ministries. To support our efforts, give online at IamAWatchman.com and click on the Donate button. Thanks for listening, and join us again next time on A View from the Wall. <laughs>